Welcome to Bad Gamers Anonymous, a podcast for bad gamers that's made by bad gamers. We cover the latest in gaming news, game reviews, upcoming releases, and a look at retro titles that made gaming what it is today. Here are your hosts, Bad Gamer Bishop, Bad Gamer Crowley, and Bad Gamer Garrick. Remember, get good scrubs. Yes, we are back. We are back from a hiatus. I am one of your hosts, one of your mini hosts now, Mr. Uh, Bad Gamer Crowley. You can call me Mr. Crowley, Bad Gamer Crowley. Just don't call me late for a podcast because I was. Uh, but we're back from a hiatus. Uh, my wife and I uh, adopted a, a beautiful, healthy baby girl uh, back at the uh, end of April, beginning of May. And it's just been an adjustment. So we appreciate your patience. But we are back and we are ready to rock and or roll. Uh, with that being said... From the new intro, you know that we have a new co-host, a new host, a new, a new partner in crime, a new peanut butter to our jelly, uh, a, a new uh, uh, steak to our shrimp on the surf and turf plate of podcasting. It's Bad Gamer Garrick. Bad Gamer Garrick, welcome to Bad Gamer Anonymous. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No, thank you for being here every month now. You're trapped in contract. Uh, you are ours. Yes, you belong to us. We have all of your things. Uh, give us a little bit of background on your gaming experience. Well, uh, let's see. Started way back in the day, I say, as the designated millennial of you, the show. You are I... the designated millennial. <laughs> that is for sure. I uh, started with Oregon Trail way back on my Mac. And progressed to playing Legend of Zelda on the NES. Eventually Final Fantasy VI as we know it now, or three at the time, on the SNES. And Diablo. Good times. Those, that, you know what? That's an impressive list, I have to say. Don't, wouldn't you agree, <laughs> uh, Bad Gamer Bishop? Yeah, those are all the ones that I would hit on, a lot of my main focus ones. Yeah, let's. you know what? It's been a few months since we have been behind the podcasting mic here talking about video games. So why don't you give the listeners just a taste of uh your uh gaming background there bishop great hey first uh congratulations to crowley and your family and welcome uh garrick so i happened at the collapse of video games and my first experience with it was uh the original nintendo that coupled with a super nintendo i really hit my stride in video gaming during the playstation era uh, mainly in JRPGs and anything Square Enix. It was Squaresoft at the time still. And art and music. Nice, nice. Uh, my background, just a, a little bit. I started out with the Atari uh, way back in the day. And then when that collapsed, this, the Nintendo, the Super Nintendo, the Nintendo 64, the PlayStation, the Dreamcast, the Xbox, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, uh, Xbox 360. Uh, I don't have an Xbox One. I'll never own a Switch. Nintendo sucks. Uh, PC Master Race. So that's my gaming background. Get good scrubs. Uh, you or, can, or or what? You can get everything like uh, me. Or like you. Yes. No. You know why? Because there's a thing. There's such a thing as loyalty to brand. And you I, could get a Switch. I couldn't. I could. I could. But I have enough toilet paper, so I don't need to wipe my uh, butt on anything. So I think we're good. Feels so good wiping with it. <laughs> with those tiny controllers, they feel so good on my butthole. Uh, so you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash bad gamers anonymous. You can follow us on Twitter uh, at bad gamers anon. Uh, or you can follow me at bad gamer Crowley. You can follow Bishop at bad gamer Bishop. 
or you can follow Garrick at, at Garrick DR. You can also catch Garrick on Twitch, uh, Twitch TV or twitch.tv forward slash Garrick DR. That's G A R R I C K D R. And please look forward to us having our own Twitch channel very soon. Not that you'll ever see me on it. Uh, maybe you will. Maybe you won't. Uh, I don't know. Uh, check us out we'll on iTunes, good. on SoundCloud, rate, follow, subscribe. Uh, let us know what you think. If you have any ideas for the show, let us know. If you like what you hear, let us know. And if you hate our guts, please uh, let Garrick know how bad he is. But tell me why. Tell you why what? <laughs> tell me why I'm bad. Like, help me improve, guys. Don't just be like, Garrick sucks. Tell me I suck for specific reasons. The switch. Uh, so we're going to do <laughs> just a quick uh, overview of what we're going to talk about today. It has been three months uh, since we talked about anything, so please forgive us if the sound quality ah, sucks, if we can't talk in a in a, a civilized, cultured, and mature manner, which I don't think we did in the first few shows, so I don't maybe that'll happen. Uh, so we're going to talk about E3. We're going to, you know, look, E3's been talked to death. We're certainly not going to cover it in depth, but we do want to hit on Probably our top three uh, things uh, that we took away, top three takeaways, if you will, uh, in in business speak, if you will, uh, from uh, E3. Uh, so that, that'll be fun. That'll be a good time. And we will rip on each other for being bad gamers. Uh, we're going to cover the game of the month. This month's game of the month. You'll just have to wait. But trust me, it's a good one. It's something that uh, Bishop and I have been into. And it's a funny story. Uh, when we get to it, we'll, we'll talk about how we reconnected with a bad gamer, Garrett, because I think that's a good story. I uh, really enjoy that story. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk about the game of the month. Uh, then we're going to have, uh, we'll, we'll rate that for you. Then we're going to have Bishop's World. God only knows what Bishop's going to talk about. It'll probably be about how he would have sex with his Switch if it was possible. Hump it all night. Oh, it's possible. There's like several ports on it. <sighs> some are square, some are circle. It's kind of weird. Right. It's freaking me out already. Garrick's Gregarious Games, where he'll cover uh, the games that... Uh, he wants to talk about, and then uh, Crowley's Corner, and that'll be where I pretty much uh, make fun of one game and tell you to go buy another one, because I'm just telling you right now, it's amazing. And then we'll uh, we'll have a new segment called Get Your Wallet Ready, because there's some new games coming out next month that you're going to want to buy. And on that note, let's talk about uh, the top three takeaways that we had from E3. And I think it's only fair that since we have a new Bad Gamer here on Bad Gamers Anonymous, that we start with that Bad Gamer. Bad Gamer Garrick, what are your top three takeaways from E3 this year? So it's been said by many people, but my number one takeaway, Anthem. Bioware's new big studio budget game coming out that was first teased um, and later revealed at Microsoft's conference. I am super stoked for this game. I've been explaining to people, basically if Bioware's A-team made Destiny... And you get Iron Man suits. It's blown my mind. There's been a lot of Destiny comparisons, but that from what they've shown you. us, I think it's granted. That doesn't scare you. No, not at all. I am an avid Destiny player. I am super stoked for Destiny 2. The beta is coming up here on July 18th for those lucky enough to have a PS4. July 19th for those who pre-order an Xbox One. And eventually for your so-called Master Race system. The PC? Yes, that is Master Ace. Uh, just out of yep. curiosity, how long have you liked games that suck? Uh, I mean, I started playing your mom way back in the day. <laughs> oh, burn! Sick burn! 
Uh, hey, do you need some burn wards? I could look them up for you. Yeah, would you would you find the nearest one to me? Because that was a sick burn. Uh, look, Destiny's fine and, and everything, and it's great. I think you and I have even talked about it offline, uh, uh, away from the show. That Destiny and it, it's a really good concept. I'm just not a big first person shooter fan. As fans of the show know, I don't like getting ganked by twelve year olds. So, uh, well, I'll probably maybe eventually try Destiny 2, but Destiny, man, I'm just going to tell you, I got more, I got sick playing Destiny more than I did playing on a VR. So for you, good news, because Anthem is third person. So no more sickness for you. You get your nice little top-down camera you're looking out at. All right. Also. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, we were talking will... about Anthem, not Destiny. I just went off on a Destiny rant, sorry. Yeah, I know. Right. Now, also, like, this is being made by BioWare's A-Team. They are known for story, guys, and that's one of the biggest complaints against Destiny Wait. 1. So I Wait. think this is going to be Wait. the perfect... I stop thee. I stop thee there, and I will tell what? you What? Star Wars The Old Republic. BioWare. Was a great game. No, it was not. Fantastic game. No, Knights of the Old Republic was a great game. Star Wars The Old Republic, the MMO, is an awful, horrible game made by BioWare. Has amazing, amazing high-level story. Have you ever even yes, gotten played to it. it? Yeah, I've played. I've played for a uh, uh, good six, seven, eight months. I, I, I ran a, whatever the guild was over there, a clan or whatever. Uh, and, and I'm just telling you, the rating system was blah. The story was eh, okay for some of them, but it was just so convoluted and, and outside of, of canon that. Uh, look, I'm just telling you, EA sucked all the good out of Bioware. As far as MMOs go, I think it has one of the best MMO storylines. Better than the one we're going to cover today. I didn't say that. It has one of the best. Better than WoW? Absolutely. What's the point of WoW? I don't know. I don't. I hate WoW. What's the point? All right. So, fine. Anthem, Bioware. Like, maybe it's maybe this is their time to shine. This is their time to redeem themselves in the eyes of Bad Gamer Crowley. Maybe it's time that I give them a second chance. But I really do hate first-person shooters. And the first time I get ganked by a 12-year-old, I'm done. It's the third person. Second game from my E3 takeaway. I flipped out when I first heard this announcement. I knew exactly what it was. Monster Hunter World. I can't tell you enough how good it is to see a Monster Hunter back on the PlayStation system. I remember getting the first one on my PS2. This game is changing a lot of caveats. It's going to change it up, make a lot of people enticed to try it but keeping a lot of the same formula from the older games and i think it's definitely going to be worth a shot coming to ps4 xbox one and pc early next year will it be a a, a grind fest like the last few iterations have been oh yeah absolutely that that caveat is not going away why why would you subject yourself to a grind fest like that it's dark souls level of difficulty just boss run after boss run with an rng just thrown in to make you miserable. That sounds like a good time. Man. Now, I played Monster Hunter when it first released, and I didn't I didn't fancy it at all. Yeah. Like, what is it about Monster Hunter that makes thing over it? Like, you have to, I think the, the thing is, is that you have to be uh, a masochist to enjoy those <laughs> kinds of games. Like, do you enjoy getting beat? Do you go, do you frequent dominatrix? Or I don't enjoy getting unfairly beat. Okay. I do enjoy a good challenge. Okay. So you you look at it as a challenge, and the rest of the world looks at it 
as just punishment. Like, like, look, in Purgatory, that's what everybody has to play as a monster hunter. See, at least in Purgatory, you know why you're there. It's the same for Monster Hunter. If you die, if you lose, you know why you're just not good enough. Right. All right. Well, look, I was excited for it, too, and then I remembered, oh, yeah, it's a grind fest that you will never, ever get through. There's no way to win the game. It'll be a good old time. Doesn't sound like. All right. What's your next one? What's your next takeaway from E3? You'll hate me. Mario plus Rabbit's uh, Kingdom Battle. All right. Yes. You, you, okay, Switch you right there. Can stroke your rods <laughs> over this. This game leaked ungodly early, uh, thanks to Ubisoft's deft handling. Um, is this partnership with Ubisoft with Nintendo? Ubisoft is making a Mario game with their Rabbit's character, and uh, just for kicks. They went ahead and styled it after XCOM. What? Yeah, because that was such a popular game. <laughs> Another brutally difficult game. Wow. Um, so we're getting tactical combat. We're getting a grid system. We're getting uh, Mario having Overwatch abilities. We're getting half cover and full cover. We're getting Disgaea like um, like being able to like throw your comrades to reposition themselves. So they're taking a lot of aspects from different uh, tactic-style games and throwing them in. Right. And I'm yeah. super stoked for it. it. Sounds like it. It's gonna be amazing. I don't like those rabbits. <laughs> no one does, except France. Uh, yeah, well, kind of weird. France surrendered the first time they saw him. Uh, <laughs> I, look, man, whatever. Switch. It sucks. We'll talk about it, I'm sure. I mean, kudos to Switch, but... Rabbids. This is, this even is the, the second time Nintendo has partnered with a, another developer, so the, I think even, that in itself is exciting. Yeah, exactly. The, guy the first who gets time, a boner over the Switch is like this game is gonna suck. <laughs> well, because I don't like those rabbits. They're they're annoying to me. They always have been. Okay. Here, here's the thing I want to see: if this game does suck, say goodbye to any future partnerships Nintendo does. But if it's successful. If it goes on and sells more, it won't. But well, if it sells that, close to Odyssey, then we'll see a lot more partnerships in the future. And isn't that, that is it, an exciting prospect. Sure. And, and you know what? You're probably right, because that's one of the problems that I have with Nintendo as a whole. Uh, they don't partner with people very well. They don't do cross-platform. They've never done cross-platform. They've always been, we have our titles, and these are the titles we're sticking with. And everyone's going to eat the member berries and come back and play Zelda, because Zelda. But they don't need to. Zelda's good. <sighs> the only one that has franchise and mascots. What does Sony have? What does Microsoft have? Well, uh, I, I they, think it could Sony be Sony also argued, has mascots. Yeah, they've got mascots, yeah. It could be argued that Crash Bandicoot is a Sony mascot. Not that I'm a big Yeah, but Crash, Crash Bandicoot, Bandicoot died for almost 20 years. <sighs> and they brought him back! The Bandicoot lives! The member berries are strong with this generation of millennials. Besides that, Uncharted. Nathan Drake is a key, key figure. Yeah, and I, I'm so sick of seeing those games. <laughs> I don't know about you. Look, I'm a huge PlayStation guy. Uh, PC Master Race, but, but the PlayStation, I've got the PSVR, because I think we've talked about that on a previous show, where it's just more economical. It's easier to get into than, than, than the uh, HTC Vive or the Oculus Rift. Uh, so I'm a huge uh, PS4 guy, and I still don't I don't like Nathan Drake. I'm tired of seeing that said congrats to Sony and the PSVR for surpassing 1 million sales for the VR system. Do you think, and I know that we're running on a bunny trail here, and we'll get to your top three takeaways here in a second, Bishop, but do you <laughs> think Sony thought they'd get a million sales out of the VR when they did it? 
I or, think they did. I don't think they thought it would be this early in the VR's lifetime. It's not even a year. Right. Like the VR, I'm sorry, I, I, I have a huge... The boner that Bishop has for the Switch pales in comparison to the boner that I have for the PSVR. I think the PSVR is the future of gaming uh, and, and, and Xbox, uh, Microsoft, and, and, the, and Nintendo have been left in the dust uh, and it will be their downfall. That's all I had to say. Well, they that. need to figure out something to do quickly with that VR. Yeah, they, they have, and I'll talk about it on Crowley's Corner. Uh, Bishop, give me your, your top three takeaways from uh, E3. Okay, so it was Switch, Switch, and Switch. <laughs> you, I don't even know. Um, Why are Nintendo, we friends? Nintendo really swept E3. What? Hands down. Oh, yeah. Um, fan expectations. Although not all the titles that the fans had expected will say have wanted a, a new Smash game. Uh, maybe a port from one of the old ones or even a new one, but that wasn't, um, you know, announced. But games like, mm-hmm. guys, mm-hmm. Um, two Metroid games, Metroid mm-hmm. Prime 4, and kind of a reboot remake of uh, Metroid 2 for the 3DS. Remember, you remember Metroid? Those two really. Um, remember Metroid? Memba? I, I remember. It's been 10 years since Metroid Prime 3. And if you haven't played those any of those three series, you should kind of reevaluate your situation. Okay. So Metroid. <laughs> what other Memba Berry yeah. game do they got going on? Okay, so they got the uh, Super Mario Odyssey. That uh, I'm so glad they came out with something new now, and fresh. Odyssey. I, I kind of paid it no mind. Because um, it kind of looked like all the other uh, Mario games that had come before in the past 10 years. But after seeing the gameplay of this one and just some of the mechanics and how it works um, and the humor in it, it really, uh, really brightened it up for me. I said, hey, yeah, you know, this is going to take off. Boy, you get to be a T-Rex with a mustache. Care. Come on. I don't exactly. care. I don't care. And until you see the mustache on everything. Do you know who plays those party games on, on, on the Switch? Millennials. Millennials and bros. <laughs> bros. But it's not a party game. Oh, whatever. What's next? So then they got... Tired of this Switch Kirby. segment. They got Yoshi and they got Kirby games. Yoshi and Kirby, and of course. Kind of, how did I, how can are, I not guess? I like platformers. I like... 2D platformers that are created in that 3D style. Wait for Luigi's Castle to show up. Ah, I don't know. Luigi hasn't really ever been in a really good game by himself. Stupid. You have any other takeaways? Do you have any takeaways from E3 that don't involve uh, sucking Nintendo schlong? No? They all involve sucking the schlong of uh, Nintendo. All right, get to the one thing that I'm actually kind of like, hmm, Nintendo may have done a good thing here. Okay, so Rocket League is going to be coming off of the Switch. Now, the interesting thing about that is cross-server, so you could play with folks on other systems. Now, And that's something that, I mean, that's huge for Nintendo, because let's, let's, let's be completely honest here about Nintendo. They don't play well with others. They never have. It's always been, this is our playground. We started it. We brought video games back from the... From the death that Atari and e- the ET game put it in, uh, and uh, you know it, we're the heroes, 
And because we're the heroes, we're going to do what we want. And we don't have to make games that, that play with the PlayStation. And we don't have to make games that play with the, uh, the Xbox. And we don't have to make games that play with the PC. All we have to do is make games that people remember playing when they were young. There's not a lot of Sony games that interact or intermingle with Microsoft games. And vice versa. I guess. I suppose. But you know what? There's the a lot of... platform thing really hasn't been a big thing. Now, however, if they open up that bridge between the Switch and, say, Microsoft, then maybe they could open it up between them and Nintendo also. Moreover, is that recently the director of Final Fantasy XIV said that he wants it to be on all systems. Right. And, and, and Microsoft... Maybe he can help bridge that gap. Microsoft and Nintendo will never, will never update their online services enough to where that will happen ever in the history of ever ever they just won't let's just say for a chance they don't okay Eller best system what nintendo switch oh go away go away with your nintendo switch those are the top those are my that's my takeaway i, I only watched the nintendo that's all of course i was interested you did. in of course you did of course you. i did. didn't want to know about more of the and how many boxes of tissues did you out? go through while you while you watched the the nintendo e3 oh no no, oh, no. Tissues are for amateurs. How many socks? You raw dog. A t- raw dog it. <laughs> <laughs> Why are my socks standing up straight? Oh, you know, here's Crowley's top three uh, takeaways uh, from E3. Battlefront 2. Look, I'm not a first-person pers- shooter guy. I'm just not. I hate getting ganked by 12-year-olds, but I will get ganked by 12-year-olds in a galaxy far, far away. I absolutely will. We're going to talk more about that game in a later show uh, where we're going to just just dive deep into Star Wars video games. And uh, we're going to have Joa from the Cantina cast on with us. Uh, and it's going to be great. It's going to be phenomenal. It's going to be a great show. It's going to be huge, as our president would say. So, you know, look forward to that here in the next couple months. The second, you know, and that's all you ever are is deep into uh, Star Wars. Deep. Deep. Balls deep. deep. Uh, the next takeaway that I have from E3 is Spider-Man. The Spider-Man game. Ah, ooh, I got goosebumps. I love me a good Spider-Man game. There's only been a couple. I, I loved them. They were, you know, one of the first games that was open world. Uh, it just absolutely, absolutely just, it looked amazing as is Spider-Man because he is the amazing Spider-Man. And my third and probably most important takeaway from E3 is that the Switch still sucks. With that How said, <laughs> with that said, we're moving on. Crowley gets the final word. <laughs> Game of the month this month: Final Fantasy XIV Stormblood. So the new expansion pack, Final Fantasy XIV, uh, uh, that was released uh, earlier uh, in June, uh, the middle of June, as a matter of fact. Uh, lots of things to cover on this. If you want a quick recap of Final Fantasy XIV. From where it was when it started, in the 1.0 iteration of the game to 2.0 iteration of the game, there is a great documentary on YouTube by Noclip. So just search Noclip on uh, YouTube, Noclip uh, Final Fantasy 14 documentary, FFXIV documentary, and it'll be there. It's great. Uh, And essentially, it, 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 it talks about why the game sucked when it first came out, where it was just... It was hemorrhaging uh, subscribers. Nobody was paying for it. Nobody wanted to keep playing it. It was a grind fest. It sucked. It was awful. To what Yoshi P did with it, uh, uh, the director, the new director, was brought on board, and he basically revamped the whole game. It's a completely different game, and uh, 2.0 on. So Yeah, I played it at 1.0 at, at the pre-launch, and then launch, 
And then, yeah, it, it was just, I mean, well, don't get me wrong. The game looked beautiful, but I'm answering exactly why it failed, which was the thing that we were all feeling. But it got to the point where every few months I was getting emails that they were giving out subscriptions for free right. for people to keep playing. Please come play. That's how I kept playing. I didn't play at the fall because I was overseas for work. Well, so I didn't get to see it when it happened. But this is the game that, that all three of us have in common. Uh, we, we, we all started this. I mean, at at two uh, like whether it was yep. whether it was, was beta it. or whatever. And, and that's beta is where I met Garrick. Uh, when he and I were in the same FC for a while. Garrick was the guy who taught me how to tank. I remember those late nights with Garrick. And he's like, that was a great tank back but then. But you still can't tank. I, no, I can't, but he taught me how. I can't do it. I mean, because I, I left the game briefly and Crowley forgot everything. <laughs> you left the game briefly. You came back and uh, I caught up with you one night and we talked for a little bit. And this was this was probably before the very first fan fest. Like you left and you came back uh, and then you left and you never came back. As far as I knew, you never came back. And so it was he fun. Just left. right. So. I, you know, then I I hooked up with Bishop later on in 2.0, and and he and I, we it was went, early, pretty early yeah. in 2.0, and we went through we went through the the coils of Bahamut, and I was really into the game, and I really loved the game all through 2.x, anything 2.x, and then 3.0 hit, and I kind of like this, I, I just lost interest. I I, I would I, I kept subbing, and I didn't raid because it didn't look interesting, because I didn't care about the stupid goblins. It just. I think we all did. It was, it was kind of 3.0 was kind of lackluster. Yeah, it really was for me. I don't know. Well, Garrick, did you think it was lackluster? Or? Yeah, I mean, I got back in right before Heaven's Word so I could finish the main story quest because I never did that initially and that I could just get ready for Heaven's Word and go to town. And I played it for maybe a week. I got to like level 53 and quit again. Yeah, they, they, you know, for 3.0, they brought in, they brought in a couple new jobs. They had Ninja, like, just before they released 3.0, and then they had a tank, a new tank class, Dark Knight, and a new healer class, Astrologian. And uh, I couldn't, I, I and, got into and Dark Machinist. Yeah, oh, and Machinist. Machinist yeah, 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 and Machinist. I forgot about Machinist. Everyone uh, does. Right. Uh, now, and I think that's part of the problem, is it just none of those jobs, well, I leveled Dark Knight to 60, uh, and got, you know, so I could get insta queue in the dungeons. It just, I never got into it. I couldn't get into the story. It's like, oh, look, dragons. And then they killed off, I don't even remember his name, Hanshirfont. My boy. And I, my homie. And I didn't care. Ugh. I didn't, I was like, everyone's like upset that this dude died. And I don't. You heartless bastard. <laughs> I didn't care. Bishop, <laughs> did you care? Um, Kind of, but not as much as other people. Like, if you've seen at the fan fest that took place, people made a, a memorial. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that kept me in 3.0 was the story, but anything outside of the main story or the the back lore of just Aorzia yeah, as a whole. See, for me, it was, um, it was Hildebrand that kept me in. The gameplay was all the same as... Uh, yeah, it was all the same as 2.0. There wasn't anything different. There were three new jobs, and they were all pretty much identical to one another. So I kind of lost interest in the it. Same everything, yeah. Garrick, you lost interest in it. Bishop lost yep. interest in it. I stayed subbed because I had a house, and I didn't want to lose a house. And the wife played, and so we would play occasionally. And then this whole adoption thing came up, and I, I kind of really lost interest in the game. 
and then a couple of other games came out, the PSVR, and, and, and like that's where I was spending the majority of my time. So it's funny, like when this came out, I was really excited because I wanted to play Samurai and Met Red Mage, and I love I love Samurai. Those are the two new jobs for for this uh, uh, 4.0. Really love him. So this is how we all. This is how we hooked up with Garrick. I want to tell this story real quick because I think it's a great story. So we're in Palace of the Dead one night, which is if you don't know what it is, it's this dungeon that you can go in and you can uh, you you level up inside the dungeon. It's not dependent on the level that you are outside, but at the end of the dungeon you get max amounts, you know, of huge amounts of XP. So it's the quickest way to level your your job. So anyway, we're in there and we're in there with a guy whose name in game reminded me of. I knew a Garrick uh, Raleigh in, in on the Diabolo server, and so I, I, I me, Bishop and I were in Discord and we were talking. I'm like, "Is that? Do you think it's Garrick?" He's like, "No, that's not Garrick. Couldn't be Garrick." Uh, so we talked back and forth about you know just reminiscing, uh, you know, with uh, things we've done with Garrick in the past. And so I was like, "Screw it, I'm just gonna ask him." So I type out in party chat. I'm like, "Hey, what server are you on, Garrick?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm on uh, uh, Excalibur." And I'm like, oh, all right. And he goes, well, why do you ask? Like, I was just going to drop it. And he's like, well, why do you ask? I'm like, well, I used to know a guy on the Diabolo server that had a very similar name. And he's and like. See, I, I had an inkling because I saw your name, like Crowley. And I was like, oh, it reminds me of Alistair. I miss him. <laughs> and so when you asked, I was like, there's no way. Why is he asking what server I'm on? Why is he singling me out? Right. And so then he's like, I, I he goes, dude. Alistair and I'm like, yes, it changed my name. What's going on? And so we, uh, we he got we got him in the Discord service with, uh, server with us. We reconnected. So like, 4.0 is always just going to be how we reconnected with Garrett for me. Like it does. <laughs> the rest is gravy. It's all downhill from here. It can't get any better. Uh, so we're going through and we've been playing uh, uh, this this new uh, 4.0 expansion, Stormblood. And I, I think it's only fair that we start with the early access. There were a lot of people complaining. Because the servers kept going down and the instant servers kept going down and people were getting logged out and they couldn't log back in and long queues and congestions on other servers. All for early access. Now, early access isn't something that you paid for. It was a bonus that you got for pre-ordering Stormblood. Well, all these people kept saying they wanted their money back and this, that, and the other. I'm like, you paid for the game. You didn't play for early access. So while it was a huge cluster, it was a big... It was probably the worst launched expansion pack that I can remember in an MMO. At the end but of the day, they, they blamed it on a DDoS attack, but they blamed it after they had fixed everything, which makes me wonder, was it really a DDoS attack? Well, they're or... still suffering DDoS attacks. Like, this is not a confined experience. Like, they're still suffering from it mm-hmm. to this day. They did single it out, and they are mitigating the damage. So that's why you're still seeing, even now, like, long queue times, and uh, people who are AFKing, they have to manually shut down the servers and restart them every single day can we talk about that I'm, I'm glad you brought that up can we talk about that for just one second yeah. so 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 yep. part of this thing they rolled out to to mitigate people staying logged in by whatever means necessary staying logged in by being in a cut scene and walking away and not not moving the cut scene forward by crafting and being you know stuck in a crafting rotation like all these things that people do running into a wall continuously so, so that they wouldn't get logged out at the 30-minute mark of, of being uh, idle. Square Enix, in their infinite wisdom, has decided that once a day on these congested servers, they're just going to shut the server down, and it'll take 10 to 15 minutes for everybody else to, for everybody to log back in. So if you're away from your computer, you don't log back in. Immediately, you're going to get stuck in this huge queue. 
to me, that's just I don't what 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 dumb. It, Especially it's a if good you, idea, but just if poorly implemented. Yeah, I would say execution is poorly executed. If they're because they're doing it what in the middle of the day? Yeah, for me, it's like two in the afternoon. That's ridiculous on the Diabolo server at two o'clock in the been, afternoon. There's been two times where I've been kicked out. Once I was kicked out of a cutscene, and then the other time I was kicked out of an instance that I was in. I just, if you're going to do it, why wouldn't you do it during prime time? And, and here's what happens is they'll give you the warning before they're going to say, hey, we're going to cut it off at this time. But I think that they do it in like segments because one time the other day when I was kicked out of my instance, it happened 10 minutes before the time that was scheduled huh. to finish the instance. I was only one boss away, but it's just really inconvenient. And I thought, why can't they just do this at like, you know, server reset time, which is pretty early. Right. Like Garrick, what do you I mean? Think? You know what I'm saying? I, I think they should do it during prime time. They should do it right in the middle, like or or right before prime time, so that you get the AFKers logged in before the huge queues start. I do agree with that. What I don't agree with is right now they are doing this logout midday at the exact same time every day. Like AFKers know now they just log back in at one fifteen or whatever. It should be random during prime time. Yeah. Like a three should be hour, randomized. Yep, like a three-hour window. Notorious, I'm I'm a notorious AFKer. Yeah, you are. That's a known fact. Yeah, you are. You have like double my playtime, and it's not even close. Like I've played more than you, but you have double my playtime because you just AFK. Makes it's me, all about boosting those stats. Makes me angry. So let's talk about the, let's talk about Stormblood now proper. Lots of new changes. Lots of new new system changes. Quality of life issues. Like they. And a lot of the hardcore players, a lot of these 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 uh, uh, server first and and, and uh, world first uh, raiders are pissed because, in all honesty, he kind of dumbed it down a bit. I don't want to say like a monkey can do it because I don't think it's that easy, but like there's still rotations and things to follow, but it's not nearly as difficult as it was in, in earlier. Or, or earlier ex, uh, expansion packs. Like, do you guys disagree it, with that? It seems the same to me, if not worse. Like, they took out for, for Paladins. I main a Paladin, and Rage of Halone has been my main rotation because it mitigates damage. It, it causes whatever I attack with that skill to do 10% less damage. They took that addition away. So in order to do that, I do have to add in Goring Blade, which is a DOT. Um, and my Shining Strike, um, which is my, my biggest damage. So I am constantly going through more rotations. That's me as a paladin. Right. I, yeah, I don't know. And I, I, like, and I switched from Black Mage to, to Samurai, and, I, and it just it seems very easy. But that's, Oh, I thought you were going to say you switched from Black Mage to Floor. I hate you so much. What do you think? got to say, though, the Red Mage is oh. just OP. It is oh, yeah. OP. What, so, what do you think, uh, yes. Bishop? So mine, what I when I think on that is, I think it was good that they reduced the disparity between the high end players and the low end players by taking away the skills that really nobody used or there wasn't really a use for. And I feel like it's kind of all um, fallout from the 1.0 system being jobs, like specific jobs. You yeah. notice that Mirai, Red Mage, Machinist, Astrologian, they don't have, they are just a job. They're not you know, the combination of two classes with the soul stones. Right. Right. And so re recreating battle system, like they did getting rid of the skills that are useful 
or the useless ones and transforming into you useful ones also through they're calling it what are they calling it now i can't think of it cross uh the cross classes it's got an actual name it's now. cross like cross job skills yeah so they made those just now whether you're dps healer or tank class i'm sorry cross role there you what go. Role you that's play. what it was cross role. roles yep yep and now i feel that what they're doing now should have been implemented after 1.0 yeah 1.0 I, I don't I, w- I wouldn't i wouldn't disagree with that but i, I mean, will it, say that it but, is a very healthy and a very refreshing uh, system, and yeah. I like it a lot better than. I will what it say to, to go back to to a point that Crowley said earlier about um, going to Heavensward 3.0 and it being the exact same combat, the exact same thing. I do like the changes now because I do have to add in new rotations. I do have to worry about this, and they added this really cool job specific gauge that you have to kind of keep tabs on now as well for each job you play. Very visual. I yeah. like that it. It's, it's fresh. It there's really, a new, there's a, not to not to interrupt you, Bishop, but there's a new sorry. learning curve. So between 2.0 and 3.0, it was just the same old stuff, right? You didn't have to learn anything. Yeah, they added a couple of different different abilities for every job, but it was just learning to how to throw those into a, into your rotation. Uh, once you leveled from 50 to 60, now 60 to 70, like when I when you logged in. All, like some of the job skills on your on your hot bars were were were, were grayed out with the red line through. I'm like, yeah, you're not going to use these anymore. So, they just don't exist. So I, I like that. You're right, and it makes it feel fresh. The revamp battle system, I think, it, it does uh, lessen the disparity between high ranking players and and your your filthy casuals, and even your bad gamers like myself. One of the things that I like about it, it's seeming to put people into the place that say, if you're a warrior. Which I, I play a lot of Warrior. I've played it since the beginning. I don't know how you can um, do that. But a lot of, well, a lot of people think that Warrior and they treat it as a DPS, and they get they get raged when you're not putting out the DPS that you need to be putting out as a DPS. But with the new system, that's kind of discouraged and it's penalized. Right, and but in the same Damn. breath, you kind of have to feel sorry for the scholars because they kind of got screwed now. All the high rating. A high level scholars that 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 wanted to raid like they're no longer really useful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's talk about astrologers all the way. Right. Let's talk about new areas. The new areas look great. Bigger or smaller? Eh, they're about the same as what they were in three I would say yeah, they're about the same size. Yeah, maybe slightly smaller. Maybe. Yeah. But they're really they look really good. They did a really good job. The art team did. Uh, yeah. Putting them together. Oh, that weather. Yep. The weather looks amazing. Um, yeah. The one like they're swimming. Like I feel like it was like Yoshi was like, we're an MMO. Every MMO has a swimming area. Give me a swimming area. And they yeah. went, oh, okay, the here you go. And he's like, good enough. And like, it's like there's hardly any fish. Like some of it looks cool. And some of it's like, why is there, why, why, why is this oh, here? Some- feels very forced. And I'm sure they're, they're going to flesh it out more, but I really do like the new underwater area. The Ruby sea is my favorite area in the new expansion better than being in the freaking desert like i'm tired of that noise i want some some tropicalness look the azim step that is that is that that we the talked azim about this. step is gorgeous straight we, out of final fantasy 11 absolutely that is uh what, what did we say it was uh, uh, uh great no the something plateau yeah lathane plateau 
Yeah. Something like that. I, you know what? Uh, and, and so the new areas are great. I think they did a good job with that. The new story, the new main story quest is brilliant. I want to give a shout out. Like we're going to talk. Like, there's two new jobs, Samurai and Red Mage. And whoever did <laughs> at Square Enix, whoever did the Samurai uh, uh, job quest from 50 to 60, you are my hero because it is amazing. It is the most amazing story I've ever played. If you if you liked those old school from the fifties and the sixties and maybe even in the seventies, those those samurai, those old Japanese movies, the samurai movies that were brought over from Japan and read and dubbed in English, and it's just a poor. It's those kind of stories. It's almost like a spaghetti western for samurais. It's just brilliantly done. Uh, so kudos to you. So the, the the main story quest is is brilliant. I love what they've done with it and the direction they've taken, uh, and the direction they've taken with the samurai. I haven't leveled up red mage yet, but I mean that's available too. So what thoughts? now? Really quick, back to back to the new areas before we move on. Yanxia is my favorite one, but it's because of the music that's in there. Oh right, like I was stuck in there forever, and that like yeah, the music is amazing. Like Soken, really good. Like somebody needs to give Soken. I don't know. None of He's us. Always been good at it. But we need to find a woman for Soken to give him sexual favors. We could find a Nintendo Switch. <sighs> anyway, let's talk about PvP. Uh, it's available now at level 30. It's simplified. Um, uh, they, they've simplified the job class and the cross skills just like they did with, with PvE. They've done it for PvP, so it's easier. For people to get into uh, who haven't done it, the gear doesn't affect play. It's all just glamours, and the new PvP PvP bar, the rotations, uh, automatically change out, which is super nice and super helpful. It's great. Have you have you gotten into the new PvP at all, Crowley? Nope, but I want or to. Bishop. Nope, I just haven't. I haven't been in there at all. So I've been doing this because I've heard it was a great way to level between 60 to 70, and I don't think it's as good as Palace of the Dead, but for a lot of veteran players, they are so burnt out of Palace, and this is a great alternative. Not only do you get wolf marks, you get PvP experience, you get uh, coins to buy this new gear, which you get quite a lot. Like You can get all the new gear in the Wolf's Den for the PvP stuff very quickly. Um, it feels really good. It's faster than ever. It is simplified. Uh, you are taking in um, just like bare bone skill set rotations that you're using anyways, and it's taking away a lot of the fluff. So you are maximizing DPS or healing or mitigation, um, whatever you have for your role. It is extremely fast paced, like Palace of the Dead. It doesn't care about what class you are. I've been the only tank, and I've had seven other DPS with me. So it's really nice for DPS classes to get into. Um, the new gear is level one. So as a level 30 character, you can just do all this stuff, hop in, do the PvP, get the cool looking gear, and you can glamour your stuff up till level 70. So I think it's great. Um, the new gear is all Eastern themed as well. So there's one with a Nue, which is like a Japanese demon. There's one with... Um, like a fox mask, and there's one. The uh, paladin set is called the what is it called? Owl Oni, the blue blue demon, and the lancer gear is called the Aka Oni, the red demon. Um, and it just looks it looks baller. Yeah, I might have to check that out. <clears throat> Never been a PvPer. 
I've always done PVE the whole time. I tried to do PVP a little bit in um 3.0. And I'm I'm the same. I am primarily a PVE player. Um, that's why I like Destiny so much. To go back to that is because it has raids, just like Final Fantasy does. And I love that experience. But I have gotten into the PvP in this because it is easy to get into, but it does have that complexity for those high-end players that want to dive in, do the 72-player PvP modes with the um, faction v. faction v. faction. Um, I, I think it's got a lot of potential, and this has been one of the main criticisms of Final Fantasy when it comes to MMO goers. So, yeah, yeah, since 1.0, actually. Yeah, since the beginning. Exactly. So uh, the, they're they're listening to the feedback, they're learning, um, and they have implemented changes. And I think that's that's great, and I can't wait to see more. I do want more out of PvP now that I've gotten into PvP, but I don't think it's going to be enough to replace me from my from my rating. No, probably not. But the, it, you're right. There's not a lot of MMOs, specifically MMOs, that listen to player feedback. Uh, anything else that we want to talk about for Stormblood? Do we want to go into... Samurai and Red Mage a little more? We can do that. We can do that. Uh, I think Red Mage is I just OP. want to talk about Red Mage. OP. OP. Well, <laughs> yep, Master Race, Red Mage. Red Mage is way it OP. It really is. So, whereas one of the healer's uh, roles can't even raise mid-battle, a DPS class, the Red Mage, can insta-raise mid-battle. I've had so many dungeons that the crappy scholar has died, and the red mage is like, no problem, bro. I got the. Yeah, they get a was, heal. They get double cast heal, and they get raise. That was my experience too. Whenever I was in an instance, and and whatever the healer died because they were too busy trying to DPS. Good job. Um, the red mage can easily take over, and it's a pretty potent heal. It's like, what is it? Three hundred and fifty potency. Yeah, I think if it's three fifty potency. That, and then yeah, so the lot. red mage trademark feature is as soon as they cast a spell that has a cast bar your next spell is an insta cast any so any yeah. spell so but yeah, is, it's a but are they great top, dynamic playing them are they top dps like that's the they question. are if they're they, top they're DPS, very front loaded then then don't you think sure. that when raiding comes out here next week right don't you think that they're going to see that and like the next hot fix. I'm like, I'm just telling you a week after they're going to be like, yeah, we're going to dumb down red mage. Well, I don't think so because they're no more powerful in their respected, whatever they're doing. Their red mages are, I mean, they're definitely a single target DPS, but what I say is they front load so much DPS. They are able to burst really quickly, but there is a drawback on there because a lot of their rotation is based on proccing. And there's been times where I've been trying to get one of my procs to go off, but it just won't go off for the life of me. To counter that, they do have a buff every 60 or 90 second recast. I think it's a 60 second recast to get uh, your next spell will be a proc guaranteed. Yep. And guarantee a proc, but then that's not to say that once you cast that proc, and then try for another proc, it's not going to happen. And so it, it's kind of sometime, sometimes you get a proc every time and you're just blasting out the DPS, and then just other times it's... Hit or miss. You know, it's just... So it's a little bit of a gamble, and it does keep it fresh because you are always checking for these procs to happen. Okay, so so do we do we not think they're going to dumb it down? Because honest, I think they're going to dumb it down. 
I think, I think they will. No, Bishop. So it's it's what the raids are going to be. It's two to one, two to one. Like we, like Garrick and I are saying that that they're going to dumb it down. I don't and, think they do because right. within in boss battles, they're they're not any more special than any other DPS. Okay, I, I you know what I I, I don't know because I don't parse anymore. At, at, oh well, I mean I I play uh, Dark Knight and Red Mage, and so. You know, a red mage is never going to get. They're supposed to be doing the red mage isn't going to take aggro from the tank. Ooh, Garrick, you want to take that? You want to field that one? I mean, I have come across a few red mage that just steal tank from or enmity yes. aggro, oh, whatever yeah. they call it. Absolutely. And, and 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 here I have too, but that's only been within AOE instances when you're pulling a mob because they they are not AOE. They've got what scatter, and then yeah, they've scatter, which will proc so your next scatter is is a cast, and um, yeah. Every time you do a scatter, like the next one is more powerful too. No, it, it's not more powerful. It just it ups your gauge a little more. You go from gaining three. <laughs> you guys uh, are nerds. Black nerds. and white. And, and that, so that's the only time that when I'm in a an AOE situation, a red mage will steal a single target. Because and then here, when they have that gauge build up, so good red mages will, um, at first pulls do that, and then they'll save their meters for the black and, and white magic, and then they get a melee attack, uh, Vercus or something like that, that is a front conal AOE as well, and that does even more damage. Yeah. But so if and and that's that's how it'll always be. If you're a tank expecting nothing but AOEs and you're putting your aggro out to cover AOEs, if somebody comes in with a single target, they're always ten times out of ten, they're gonna take it away from you. But if you're both going in at single targets, they're not gonna take it away. If you're both going in as AOE targets, it's not they're not gonna take it away. Oh you God. just gotta know that if you have a red mage on your team, he's gonna start casting scatter. So mm-hmm. run in and instead of doing a shield throw and waiting on that two point five global cooldown, just run in, get that initial aggro, and throw a flash. If mm-hmm. you haven't played Final Fantasy fourteen, this is what it's like when you go into a dungeon and the DPS pulls aggro from the tank. They just argue about it for the next five minutes. Uh, Samurai is nice. I like Samurai a lot. It is non-directional melee DPS. So it's it's different from Monk. It's different from Ninja. And it's different from uh, Dragoon. Although they did dumb all the directional attacks down just a bit uh, so far. And I'm only just level 67. So God knows. It could be something else. But I like it. I like Samurai a lot. Uh, let's go ahead and rate this game. Garrick, rate Final Fantasy Stormblood. So if I had to give it a number, I say this expansion is at least a nine out of ten. It's it's so good. There you it go. Hits all the points, fixes all the problems. I think uh, with the updates to PvP, um, with access to new content being easier than ever. For those who have never tried it, give it a shot, man. For those who are who were veterans and have dipped out, now's the best time to get back in. Yeah, you can level to, to to twenty five for free. Is it? I thought it was thirty-five. They upped it. Oh, there you go, thirty-five. See, I'm way out. So of you loop. can play PvP now using the free trial. There's no excuse. Right? Come play. Play with us. Come to the Diabolo server. Play with myself and Bishop, or you can go to Excalibur and play with uh, Garrick. Like those are your those are your two options. Bishop, rate it. What do you think? Yeah. Well, hey. So this one is a great one. Um, I definitely agree with everything that Garrick said. The story's there. 
the art is beautiful, the music is orgasmic, and the lore is is fan. It's it's really good. If you're if you're a lore person, I'm a big lore person, and uh, it's got everything. Yeah, get it. That's all I can say. If if you if you like Final Fantasy and if you like MMOs, definitely pick this up. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll put it like this in three words: buy it, nubs. Uh, so uh, let's let's uh, Bishop. Let's do Bishop's world. We never. We've never done this before. This is going to be a new segment here on uh, Bad Gamers Anonymous where uh, we will give you just a little bit of what we're thinking. So without further ado, Bishop's World. All right, this might get dark and scary for some of you. So it's no secret to anybody that Breath of the Wild is, I think it's the best game to ever live. Fantastic game. First DLC pack just released for it. And there's... There's several things in it that, I mean, they're, they're good, but there's three that really stand out to me. And the first is the master mode for it. And what it is, is it's a separate save file, but it's a lot more challenging. Um, a few of the things that are challenging in the game is the scarcity of weapons. They break. It's just a more challenging mode. Uh, it's going to add more health to enemies, regenerating health, and... For a person like me, I've been playing the game. I haven't used any guides for the game. I'm doing it all the same way that I had to play through the original Zelda back on Nintendo is hence. And that's that's mostly what keeps me into it. Uh, the, the second one that's interesting is the Trial of the Swords. And it's a you could think of it like a multi-level dungeon that you go in there completely naked and you have to use whatever resources are within that dungeon or that level that you're playing to conquer it. Once you get through it, they say they call it the trial of the sword because you unlock the true power of the master sword, which I haven't done yet. I've only got to uh, level three. I haven't played it a whole lot um, level three, but it's pretty challenging. And then the hero path mode. Um, and what that is, is it'll record your last 200 hours of gameplay and it'll display on your map the path that you've taken, the places you've been to, and funny enough, the times that you died. Now, what's humbling about that is, like I said, I'm playing it, I guess you would call it blind. I guess that's what people call it now nowadays. I'm playing it blind, and as I'm playing through, I'm searching for everything, and I'm, I'm thinking, well, why can't I find any more of these shrines? Now, when I see the other day, yesterday actually, and played it through, I noticed that you could see all the places that I wasn't hitting, that I wasn't searching. So it's not that I wasn't finding anything. The game is just so expansive that I wasn't I wasn't searching everywhere. Here I'm thinking that all I need to do is maybe get up on a high point and look around, but I don't I gotta walk in through valleys, through grasslands, through yes. swamps. And it, it just adds that Yeah. Adds you know that humbling aspect of how big the game is. Upon layers of crap to the switch. Huh? No, good. All right. So Breath of the <laughs> Wild so, DLC. That's it for Breath of the Wild. Wait, wait. Can you say that one more time? Is that is that it for Breath of the Wild? Breath of the Wild is now officially dead. Uh, all right. Uh, so, so that said, I have a question regarding Breath of the Wild. No, it's dead. I haven't played the game since it launched. I played it three days. Beat it. Haven't picked it up since. Do you think this DLC is enough to get me back in? Ah, no, there's nothing. It's on Switch. There is nothing that is capable of bringing you back into anything on the Switch. What, 
well, how did you, how were you playing the game and how oh, are you looking at let's, it? That's what let, I have to ask. We're, we're almost out of time, so let's move on. Darkest Dungeon, is that what the other thing you want to talk yeah, about? So that's not Dungeon. It's, it's, it's the a, Breath um, of the Wild? It's a PC game. It's very narrative driven. Um, Wayne June is the narrator and he narrated several uh, J.P. Lovecraft books. And it's very fitting for the game. It's a it's a management RPG. Okay. And it takes a lot of elements from uh, Lovecraft. It doesn't copy them, but it, it puts you into that really gritty, really kind of creepy. So what's his, what's Darkest Dungeon on? What, what where can we find this? I got it on Steam. It's on Steam. So okay, so PC Master Race. Yeah. Darkest so Dungeon. It's on PC. It's also yeah, on recently released on PS4 and Xbox One. Oh, there mm-hmm. you go. Interesting. And that sounds like something I might have to check out. Uh, if there's a sale on Steam, I think I will. Uh, I'll have to check it's on that. Sale right now. Well, well, there you go, Garrick. Is Steam Summer Sale. Steam Summer Sale. Because buy it, put it in your closet. Right, put it in the closet full of games and never play it. Uh, Garrick's gregarious games go. Hey. My name's Garrick. I like these games. Farpoint, released on PlayStation VR last month. That game is amazing. Uh, This is what originally sold me on PSVR. I got to play a demo of it last year at the GameStop Expo in Anaheim, California. This is by far my favorite game on VR. Now, my favorite game on VR. Let's make that clear. It has co-op, it has arcade challenge modes for leaderboards, uh, has a single-player experience as well, and if you can, find the bundle with the AIM controller, because God, does that controller feel good. It's just like a weird-looking gun in your hands, but in-game, it feels fantastic. Second game I want to talk about currently playing right now is Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy has launched as of yesterday. This game is selling left and right. Uh, It's only 40 bucks. Um, it's fantastic. Crash 1, 2, and 3 lovingly remade from the ground up by Vision Work Studio or Vision some, somebody. I'm sorry, I don't do them justice. Um, it is fantastic. There are three platinum trophies to get for those who care. I care. The next game, Nex Machina. Little, just a gem of a title released by Housemark Studios. Uh, fantastic twin stick shooter um, single player and couch co-op. One of the few games nowadays that has couch co-op. Uh, no online play. You're, you are forced to play with somebody if you are going to play with somebody. Again, leaderboards. Um, bunch of challenge in this game. I've only been able to beat it on the rookie difficulty setting. Haven't even gotten up, up a step. But uh, those are the three I'm playing right now. That was nice. That was nicely done, Garrick. Crowley's Corner. Uh, you looking for a date, fella? Uh, Star Trek Bridge Crew for the PSVR, uh, for the Oculus Rift, for the HTC Vive is the most amazing game I have ever played on VR. And now, look, I want to play Far uh, Farpoint, uh, but I want Garrick to also play Star Trek Bridge Crew. I want everyone to play Star Trek Bridge Crew. If you have a VR, I am telling you right now, this is the this is why VR was made. If you are a Star Trek fan, you will immediately fall in love with this game. You will want to be on the bridge of your starship Aegis, or you can even be on the, the, the bridge of the very first, the OG original Enterprise, and pretend that you are Captain Kirk, Mr. Sulu, oh my, Chekhov, or Scotty. And I would do a Scottish impression, but it's awful. 
you need to play this game if you have PSVR. Uh, absolutely. Uh, friend me. Uh, send me a friend request on uh, the PlayStation. It's Crowley76. And uh, you and I can fly in space together. And if you're lucky, I'll be in a good mood and I'll put on a good show for you. Uh, so absolutely, buy Star Trek Bridge Crew. I can't say that enough. Uh, that is the one. If there's, if this, that's the only takeaway from this show. Let it be that, because it is Play Final Fantasy fourteen. Now, uh, how many enterprises did you crash? Shut up. Doesn't matter. They, they, it's endless credits. Now we are just about way out of time. About uh, five minutes ago. So, but we want it. We want you to know what's coming out next next month. So this is what we like to call get your wallet ready. Uh, and, and Bishop, since I know you're such a huge Final Fantasy freak, why don't you take the first one? Wow, yeah. So Final Fantasy twelve, um, the Zodiac Age, is coming out. What it is, it's it's Final Fantasy twelve, but with a new implemented job system. Ooh, check it out if you're into Final Fantasy. I never played the original Final Fantasy twelve, so I'm not sure I'll play this one. But who knows? You oh, I didn't either. Might suck me in. Uh, Garrick, why don't you take the next one since this was your baby? So this is coming out July 25th um, called Fortnite. I can't wait. It's by Epic Games and People Can't Fly, being published by Gearbox Software, the makers of Borderlands. It's a single-player and co-op and multiplayer survival third-person shooter Minecraft resource. I don't quite know exactly what the genre is. Let's just call it survival. I like it. There you go. Uh, you can also check out Splatoon if you have a Switch. Uh, if you haven't wiped your butt with it and thrown it away before uh, you've listened to this. Uh, so that's the show, folks. Again, thank you so much for joining us for this hour of uh, just nonsense and uh, gamer uh, raging and geek philia, if you will. I don't even know what else to call it. Uh, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash badgamersanonymous on Twitter at badgamersanon or you can follow myself at badgamercrowley. You can follow Bishop at badgamerbishop and Garrick at GarrickDR and you can also see him on twitch.tv forward slash GarrickDR. That's the show, gentlemen. Garrick, welcome to Bad Gamers Anonymous. How was your first time? Uh, relatively painless. That's not what I wanted to hear. I wanted it to hurt. Ah, 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 ah. Not anymore. <laughs> Bishop, how was your time? I, you know what? I don't care. It doesn't matter. You have a switch. So <laughs> what you say, what you say. My you opinion. <laughs> yeah, your opinion matters not. Uh, for Garrick, for Bishop, uh, I am Mr. Crowley. We will see you next month.